1590 afterwards as we sit here today. I believe it's June 21st. You'll be hearing it later. How were things today, Spence? Oh, they were great. Now, we have an interesting topic. We covered a lot of stuff this morning. And this is a dangerous topic to discuss on a show like this because we know the submarine that went down to the Titanic as we speak here is missing. And we Mm -hmm. know it has about a day's worth of air. So we fully understand, folks. You could be listening to this after a glorious discovery and safety rescue happens or more likely the other way. Very sad the other way. So that's part of the issue with doing something like this. But what I want to talk about and that we got into a little bit with this Titanic thing is the idea of this high end. And I'm, I'm not saying rich person in a pejorative, not derogatory. But a lot of people with a lot of money can do some pretty crazy things these days, like go up into space, Mm -hmm. go Titanic. I mean, just think of Tommy. Yeah. If he could stand, is he claustrophobic at all? Have you detected that? He wouldn't go for the Titanic submersive. He's like me. He's like, dude, we've got the video. Why do we need to go down there? Why do we need to go down there? I'm the same way. Window or screen. I'll take the screen anytime. And they go down there every year, so there's always new video. And it's really high def. There's no reason to go down there. 100%. I am in full agreement. And that's the thing with me. I'm trying to think of what adventure would I go on. And I'm not really sure. Like um, Mount Everest. Take that one. I would like to go maybe to the lower base camp and look up at it. Not much more than that. Maybe meet a few hikers and get because I like people watching and getting into people's psyche and be like, yeah. why are you willing to spend half a million dollars to stand in line up a, what is it, 28,000? And we, well, it is, thir- it's twice Whitney. So it's right at 30,000 feet. Yeah. That's crazy. High. And the other thing that's funny, we had the photo that we were looking at of the guys literally in line. And when people, what do you mean in line? Take a look at the photos. Literally in line. The yeah. only thing you have to type in is Mount Everest line. And you will see what looks like 300 people standing in line hoping to summit when the weather can change every 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're getting – and the other thing I don't get is what is the walk back on that? Because it all seems like everybody was pointed one way. So right. you go up and it, there must be a switch back back around or yeah, something. Yeah, I think there's a reverse Or traverse. maybe it's like – there was a tram? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? There's an elevator? But this is part of the adventure world. Now, I did parachute twice, and it's a very, very safe sport. Very safe sport. But it still does have a, a level of, eh, you know, when you jump out, it's, it is um, odd. So when people do this, the submerged version of this is $250,000 a go. Two hundred fifty grand to get on this submarine and go down yeah, there. Now, yeah. I don't know in the normal safe, and it does operate safely. I don't know. Is is that a three-hour tour like Gilligan's Island? I don't know. I oh, it's no more clue. than that. It takes a little while to get down there, Thanks, I believe. So yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you're not just scooting down because it is uh, two and a half miles. Yeah, it's quite a ways down yeah, there. It's 13,000 feet, 5,280 a mile, 10,400. So, yeah, you are going a long way. And that thing isn't scooting along, I'm guessing. No, so, it's it's held together. Or it's it's controlled by like a video game controller. Like it's it's really put together by a real. Some of the parts that they used on this thing are kind of questionable. Yeah, and it all of that makes you wonder, and that's the part of what we understand is safe. Like remember the SST, the supersonic transport. Mm-hmm. It flew in like what three hours or something, or just ultra fast to get from London Heathrow. I'm assuming to. Um, maybe LaGuardia, whichever JFK, whichever airport it landed at. And everybody was talking about this. And finally, they had that horribly tragic disaster. They just stopped the whole 
thing. They just stopped doing it because people forgot not many of those actually flew. When you look at, and you worked on jets, mm-hmm. did you work on like 747s, anything oh, like yeah, that? Oh, yeah, sure. I worked on just about every every size, yeah. Wow. So when you look at those jets, phenomenally safe. And somebody mm-hmm. always said, well, what about 1983? Horrible. One wreck. Yeah. <laughs> look at how many of those took off and how many landed. You know, that's what I, all, with anything. Like another thing in our life, aspirin. Mm-hmm. Look at how many aspirins have been taken. It's got to be a trillion. That's right. Pretty damn safe. Oh, well, I knew. Okay, one. And you have that type of thing. And the aircraft that we make uh, in the U.S. is incredibly safe. It's it's fabulous. But when you deal with some of this fringe stuff, so like you were saying, with this submersible, I don't know. We have a lot of problems when it comes to international waters. There's there's vessels that can be registered like in Panama, other places that really don't have the kind of um, guidelines that – because America has really – as you would expect, strict safety protocols, guidelines, and all that. But um, for whatever reason, they, a lot of boats, they'll, they'll register. That's why a lot of the boat fires and a lot of the insurance scams, they, a lot of them go through like Panama and these other places that are willing to, um, you know, register these boats, register the vessels, but they really don't have any requirement as far as safety and all of that. Yeah. Who's driving? How are the yeah. brakes on the bus? All of these things. It's one reason why the U.S. is, is pretty pretty damn good. We have some problems, but uh, generally we're pretty good. So that's my issue. And I saw an interview with Adam Sandler. Oh. And he went on a trip. They wanted to get down to Cabo. So they were in, I guess, L.A., and they hired up this, uh, this plane. It was a four-seater to fly all the way to Cabo. And he said when they got up, something was going wrong. Oh. Clearly, and he said the guy's four seater. You're all there, and he said they're looking at maps and things and you know brochures and stuff like. How do you make this go again? <laughs> and he said you could really tell something was quite wrong. And then he said all of a sudden he's like, did I check into this guy? Did I ask any yeah. questions? Do I know who owns yeah. his plane? Do I know who the pilot is? And he said at that point in his life he researched everyone after that. And it is odd how we hand over the keys to our life when we go on some of these things i even think about the kobe the kobe incident and like the i know it's a real simple thing but the pilot had the follow he followed the 118 because it was a foggy day and he was coming to camarillo which if you've been on the 118 you know that camarillo is to the right of the 118 he crashed down in calabasas so if he followed somehow he ended up pretty far from his destination and he was going pretty quick and that's one of those things and one of the richest excuse me one of the richest guys in sports had that happen to him and then Mm -hmm. you start looking back did this guy have the right instrumentation did the helicopter have the low altitude thing all of these things start popping up after the tragedy of Kobe's daughter and the other people on that those are the things that make me nervous and people say well don't go through life so nervous I say "Eh, I'm gonna yeah, I'm pretty much going to be that guy that wants to check. You know, I just want to make sure it's okay. Dr. Phil said, says a lot of things that I love and agree with. But one time in recent years, he said that the, the whole idea of giving people the benefit of the doubt is gone away. You actually have to vet people if you're going to have them in your life and you're going to invest in them. And, and that's one of those things. And this, this um, submersible, 
Like even even I mean, and I hate to be grim, but when, even if they find it, how do they get it out of there? Like it's not like they we don't have equipment to go down there and pull this stuff up. Why do you think the Titanic's still at the bottom of the sea? Yeah. There's parts of the Titanic that probably would have been brought up brought up by now. I mean, they brought little bits and pieces, but not much. Sure, and that that is a big problem. So we hope that the future yeah. podcasts will uh, prove that something went incredibly right. But right now, and I, I'm just going to dwell on this for a little bit. Why isn't there like a beacon that's an insane light and mm-hmm. also a, a noisemaker of some kind, a black box? That a would long, just be, long rope yeah. like the boat crabbers have. Yeah. yeah. And, and just right. say, hey, um, we, we're under some level of distress. I, I don't get it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And I am uh, speaking from ignorance here. But you always wish people well. I'll even take this down to my limo driving days. People would come up in the old days especially. Oh, so you have a limo license. Yes, I do, sir. There was no such thing in the state of California. Nothing. There was no test. There was no C class, D class, E class, nothing. They hired me because, yeah, he's got a pulse. I'm not kidding you. Fog a mirror, put him in. It was nuts. And I was driving these long cars with some wealthy people going places I didn't know way before GPS. So I had a Thomas guide. You think you have distracted driving? Yeah. I was looking at a map next to me in a seat. Yeah. And I was going through it and and talking to some guys who might have had a couple of cocktails. Crazy. And I I, bet when you arrived, nobody ever asked for your license. Nobody ever checked to see if you were on the drugs or drinking or anything like that. Yeah. Ever. I picked up. I went into the building, put in the code, got the keys, drove away. So at the job I ended up having later... They actually did a visual on you when you came in just to make sure, did you have a couple of drinks? And they were really strict. One time I was joking, and I just said to a guy, ah, a couple of beers watching the game. Then I came in. They took me aside, oh. and they sat me down. I said, I'm so sorry I joked, but we want me to blow in the little th- whatever you want me to do. And I said, <laughs> I, I won't do that again. Like the old bomb Great joke. joke. The, Here's yeah. a cup for you to fill up. Yeah, and it's just like the bomb joke at the airport. Don't ever do that. No. They'll, they'll haul you off very quickly told you my buddy jimbo and this was in this was before september 11th this was in the 90s they Mm -hmm. said do you do you have any weapons on you and he goes you mean besides my hands and they pulled him aside and they had a talk with him and they they did a little eval of him because of that i was a south bend uh a puddle jumper from chicago and we uh, landed a guy from a sitcom was on it too from the old days i forget who uh but we were all in line and the lady said what do you think i have a bomb and you heard the people in line go oh no and they took her to the side and we're like no and it was just funny so all of this stuff and somewhat of a left and right conversation here but what it comes down to is what is on your bucket list Mm. my bucket list is more like i would really love to go to a boston bruins game in the garden that'd be cool yeah right it doesn't involve going twelve thousand feet underwater it doesn't involve going up into space but i would love to see the kings play the bruins in their regard. I would just love it. I'd love to go to a Celtics game and just get the vibe of that energy. I'd love to. My bucket list involves a ticket, the possibility of a beer, and a game. Yeah. Usually. That's my bucket list. A lot of mine is really corny, but mine are kind of like museum-based. I'd really like to go to, like, the, the – obviously, I'd like to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on going when certain people who I've kind of been rallying behind get in. I'm, I'm Not that I'm protesting, but that's I'm waiting for – it to be available to the people that I want to be available to and then I'm going to go I won't go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame till Warren Zevon is in won't go Wow! and I know they're missing my money I know they're missing how do we get Spence to the Rock and Roll (laughs) Hall of Fame well the way they do it they put in the guy who wrote so many freaking great songs he wrote a song about hockey called Gotta Hit Somebody 
Warren Zevon, oh. and he wrote it with um, Mitch Albom. Uh, the guy who wrote all the books, like Tuesdays with Morty. Mitch Albom was a great sports writer. So Warren Zevon got together with Mitch, and Mitch called Letterman. So in the song, it's the song about a hockey player who wasn't so good, who had to start fighting. Mm. And it's, I got to hit somebody. And Letterman yells, hit somebody. So you got Letterman's voice with Warren Zevon and Mitch Albom. Wow. Anybody who does that is rock and roll. That's brilliant. That's the guy. That's you know, that's the guy famer. I want. That's uh, Lawyers, Guns, and Money, Werewolves of London. A lot of great songs. So I ain't going until he's in. I wanted the Barbie girl girl to go in. I don't know who sings it, but oh, yeah. she belongs. Well, yeah. That that should be just automatic. <laughs> I think once you get by, just like Bonds will eventually get yeah. in. You know, so will so will the Barbie girl. But those are exactly my bucket list. I'd love to like go to Paris. Just yeah. love to go to Paris and hang and see the stuff. Like when, when I went to Italy. It's really cool, folks, when you go there. But I don't really want to bucket anything that would be directly endangering my life. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I wouldn't mind going up to Alaska sure. on a cruise, some of that kind of stuff. And yeah. that's realistic. But, yeah, no, no, no. If they ran a coupon in the penny saver to go down on the submersive to the Titanic mm-hmm. for 300 bucks, I'd probably pass. They have skydiving locally here. And when you go out um, towards Somas, that's where they land. I did that twice. Never, ever, ever, ever again. Ain't going to wow. do it. You know two things fall from the sky? What? Can I say a bad word? Yeah. Should I? Yeah. Will it be our Might first as bad well, word? yeah. Uh, there's a shirt that says, two things fall from the sky, birds hitting assholes. <laughs> that's, that's like a skydiving that's thing. great. Yeah. yeah, bird pooping and dummies. I, I should have said that. that. Yeah, that was the shirt. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was it. And that was really funny. And that was the one that, that we got. And I, I don't know where mine is anymore, but I did have my first jump shirt. So that is the whole deal. You wish everyone well. And yeah. you, you really hope for, for the best and the safety. But when you do things that radical, things can happen. And it's part of the part of the that's the play. And I think they're under the impression that because it's happened a couple of times in other different ways that it's proven technology and all mm-hmm. of that. But you've got to do your research and figure out what all of the, the ocean is. The ocean controls it all. More than yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. More than I've been up in the hills and the mountains when bad things have turned on you. The ocean is so quick and so unmanageable. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Anybody who thinks they're dominating it, uh, we'll find out uh, differently later. So, wishing everyone the best and yeah. go out there and do stuff. Don't don't be scared just because I am. But uh, I'll go with the Tom Cruise thing. Um, you know, it, it's the idea. Of don't be careful, be competent. So whatever you do, look at race car drivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we have some terrible crashes every once in a while in a sport that is world popular, huge. That's what they bought into. Yeah, and that's that's the the possibilities. Yeah, and as another cheesy like sports cliche ish type of thing, a lot of times that they're doing what they want to do, and mm-hmm. and they know that that's a risk they're making. But they they're like if if. Something happens to me doing this. It happens while I was doing what I want to do. Yeah, and boxing to MMA, all of the above. Mm-hmm. So that's how it is for me. I will continue with my very enjoyable but somewhat boring life. Yeah. A little bit uh, vanilla wafer, but we still have a good time. Like you said, the best thing, the best comment was at the start of the show. I can watch it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can watch it on my computer. I can see every angle in the world from my computer. That education is good enough for me. And it is endlessly fascinating. So I don't, I don't know what the draw is to go down there. Uh, you know, besides thinking all of a sudden you're going to see something that they left off of the mm-hmm. video. Do you think something new has gone down there? I just, I don't know. I, 
but good luck, I guess. <laughs> What's new with the kid? Is uh, new studies or still the La Janelle? Oh yeah, still uh, still big on the La Janelle. Of course, we did the the Queen Mary visit last week, and then we sat down with our buddy Stephen Gama and did a, a little port talk, and we talked about the. Um, so I'll, I can reveal to you since we kind of did it on the thing. So the La Janelle was the Bahama Star, right? Yes. There was a. Uh, oh, why am I forgetting the name of it? Mm, okay. There was a, 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 a boat that caught on fire, and it was a big boat and a famous boat, a ship. And I always forget the name of it. And for whatever reason, it was coming from Nassau, and it caught on fire, and it was, like, in big trouble. And the Bahama Star actually happened to see it and was, like, he the, the captain, it was Carl, J., Carl K. Brown, saw the, saw the hue, so he started driving towards it, and he lowers the right life raft. And the Bahama Star ended up saving a whole whole bunch of people from this fire and it was i don't know why i'm forgetting the name of the boat tommy gets on to me because i always forget the name of that boat but it was a big a well-known is a very well-known story and we had no idea that our little la Janelle right here in our backyard was this actually one that did it. yet again one of the hero ships it did what the californian didn't that's right right that's right it made the right choice all right we're done wrapped it up just like that be all safe right. everybody yeah thank you so much for listening to 1590 afterwards and that's it <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.